And so, you know, everybody was just kind of like, cheers. And then they slammed it on the table and she took it back and she stepped back. Now, because she had already been drinking, she missed her mouth. I don't know how many years at that, at that age she was supposed to be able to put it in there, but she didn't do it that day. It ran down like the front of her face all the way to her chest. And guess what followed? The fire. <laughs> so everybody's like, my friend, like I said, he didn't give a shit. What was going on? He started dancing. He just went off and just started dancing. This girl is on fire at the bar. Her whole chest and everything. And she's she doesn't know it yet because the you know, the alcohol is kind of the the barrier between her and the fire. So she doesn't know it yet. And she like, oh yeah, I did it. And I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Odd Pairing. I am just one host today. I'm just odd of a pair, right? Uh, I'm Natasha and Paige is absent today. She left me unsupervised. So good luck to everyone out there watching because <laughs> it's about to get crazy. Uh, today I'm going to be talking about, since I'm by myself, right? I'm going to be talking about drinking alone and what that means, where the thought process of drinking alone is, where people kind of in society thinks, you know, you got to be an alcoholic to drink alone. False. False. (laughs) You don't have to be an alcoholic to drink alone. Um, And just kind of the art of drinking alone and what that means for for everyone. Uh. Just in odd parent fashion, I'm definitely going to talk about what I am drinking because as you saw the last episode, I was not drinking because I was on a cleanse. Cleanse is over. Okay. Probably can tell that I was on a cleanse. Who knows? You know, just, just a couple of pounds gone. Uh, so today I am drinking June Shine. I'm bringing them back because I love them so much. I am doing their POG, their POG. And it has some passion fruit, some orange, some guava, green tea, and the June kombucha. So it's one of their, uh, it's in their midnight variety pack. And I thought that I would bring that one because I love June Shine. I even loved when we had them on the show last season. So cheers. I hope that you grab a drink with me. You don't have to because I'm drinking alone. (laughs) That's what I'm doing today. So um, I want to just kind of talk about what the social norms have said about drinking alone and what it really is, because I think that we've now moved away from more and more people that are kind of at home by themselves. Not a lot of people live with someone. Um, They kind of come home and they have a drink at the end of the day or, you know, uh, maybe some wine or um, a spirit or whatever. And so at the end of the day, whatever that means for you, this is what we have in terms of drinking alone. So I kind of explain a little bit about like why I drink alone and then how society kind of looks at drinking. So we're going to understand just a little bit about drinking alone. And like I said before, Drinking alone has been 
in history, kind of like that eyebrow raise of like when someone hears that you're, you know, you're going to go home, I'm going to go home, I'm going to have a nice drink and just kind of relax. And they're like, you drinking by yourself? Yes. Who else going to be there with me? Maybe the dog or the cat, if you have one. But normal times, if you live by yourself, that's what's happening. You're drinking by yourself. So it's always this, this, this question that is raised of like, why are you drinking alone? Is it because you have a problem? Nowadays, we kind of know what alcoholism is and how it exists and what it looks like. And part of that is I am trying to figure out for myself if it's healthy to drink alone or if you know that you have a problem, why are you drinking alone? So kind of just what that looks like for you. Um, drinking alone, usually for me, it offers this like unique space of self-reflection. I know I would be remiss if I wasn't a therapist who talks about self-reflection, right? Like, why would I <laughs> drink alone and do something else? No. I I do. Unfortunately, I am around self-reflecting, probably sitting like on a patio or a sitting around our, our fire, kind of just drinking and reflecting. Um, the thing for, for me and my situation, even though I do have my husband at home, my husband is not a drinker. So I'm literally drinking alone. Now, he technically he might have like water or he might have like a sparkling water or a juice or something. But yeah, technically I'm not drinking alone because he's there. But at the same time, I am drinking alone because I'm drinking an alcoholic beverage by myself. Right. And then um, there are other times when he is at work. He's at work chefing it up. <laughs> I am at home drinking. And I like to, I don't know if you guys have heard in uh, the episode that we did with Brittany Cartwell, and we were asking questions in terms of like, when you are drinking, what type of mood are you in? And she made a point, which I agree with, and I do, is that when I do drink, I'm always in a great space. I'm never in a sad space because we know that alcohol is, is a depressant, right? So with that... We don't, I don't drink when I'm in a down spiral because it's just going to send me in an even more downward spiral and she can get crazy for everybody involved. <laughs> she can get crazy. So for me, I like to make sure that I am happy, excited, having a great time and being around when I do drink with other people, being also around people who are in the same space. Like if you are coming to me and you're saying, you know, yeah, this particular thing happened and now I'm sad and depressed about it. I'm not going to say, well, let's go have a drink. No, because that's just going to be a downer for the both of us. And I'm not about that type of energy. <laughs> I'm about it being an upper. So I like to drink in, of course, celebrations um, and just kind of realizing what life is about at that time. So like those personal triumphs. Right. So if I. And for me, I don't need an excuse <laughs> on celebrating something. I could be like, yay, I got the dog to sit today. And then that's going to that's going to tell a drink and we're going to have a good time. And so um, 
having those moments of just self-reflection for me and drinking alone is just being appreciative and knowing kind of like what my self-worth is in that moment. Because to be honest, social media today and other people, you know, us minding other people's business, us being in other people's lives kind of sometimes make it seem like that we are in competition with someone or we're trying to, you know, I saw a meme that said that uh, (laughs) I'm mad that I wasn't, you know, already buying a house in the third grade. And that is because of the way that the world social right now um, has made us believe that you should be a millionaire at the age of 10. And sometimes we have to be able to appreciate those small wins. And for me, even my small wins, I'm going to have a drink because I'm celebrating. Okay. And so I encourage you to also do the same. So I want to like talk a little bit about like the history and the cultural perspectives on drinking. So his historical and cultural perspectives on drinking alone reveal a fascinating um, array of beliefs and practices across time and societies. In some ancient civilizations, solo drinking was seen as an act of contemplation and self-reflection where individuals sought solitude to connect with their inner thoughts and spirits. And it don't mean like tequila spirits. <laughs> it means like they were doing a deep, like a deep thought, deep dive. Because think about it. They didn't have a TV to drink in front of. And I think that that's where I kind of go when it's me drinking alone for myself. I try not to pull up no social media. I don't scroll on social media. I don't, you know, I'm not watching TV as I'm drinking alone. It's just me and my thoughts. Like I'm outside. It could be, you know, nighttime is my prefer um, to be, um, who knows? I could do it in the morning too. <laughs> That's why they make mimosas. Mimosas is a morning drink. You don't see anybody drinking mimosas at freaking 9 p.m. Okay. It's a 9 a.m. drink. So sometimes that could happen depending on how long I'm celebrating, right? My particular thing. So, um, Looking at that to know that in ancient civilization, people were drinking for self-reflection. That's that's it's it's been going on for a long time. Now, on the opposite end of that, certain cultures have embraced communal drinking as a way to foster social bonds and strengthen community ties, placing less emphasis on the social drinking experience. And I don't know if you guys remember when we talked about like the myths of drinking and then we also talked about some of the drinking like around the world like traditions around the world right and so a lot of those traditions around the world kind of gave us that community aspect of drinking like you have to drink with people for a reason and I'm kind of going against that just for this time I'm going against that because Drinking alone is not that bad. (laughs) It's not. Okay. So today, the perception of drinking alone varies widely, with some societies viewing it as a personal indulgence, a moment of self-care, or even a creative outlet where others may still attach stigma or concerns regarding insulation. No, isolation. I'm sorry. See, Paige is not here to correct my words. Isolation or dependence. So 
let me before we move on to that particular piece, I want to talk about the creation piece of it. Right. So part of me disagrees with that because I believe that if you're creative, you're creative. It's almost like musicians and and people in entertainment issue, you know, industry are like, well, I have to do a line of cocaine before I can, to get creative. What? No, <laughs> you're creative regardless. Like reg- whether you have it or you don't, it's just your anxiety is where you think that you need something to kind of go in your system to to pretty much get you in a, in a different state of, of consciousness in order for you to be creative. Now, it works for people because but it is because they're not at that point, not criticizing their own work. They're not thinking about their self-worth and that they're not starting over 20 times for someone who creates sober like myself, I'm going to start over at least 30 times. (laughs) That's because I have that doubt, you know. Um, But I can imagine that if I did start to drink, you know, while I'm creating, I can imagine that it would take the the edge off, if that makes sense, for me to be able to just to kind of create effortlessly, just be able to just do it and not have to worry about the judgment of myself. Right. But that can also go left. (laughs) If I don't know how to stop, I can start drinking and creating. And then before you know it, the pictures that I was supposed to paint are now just slaps of paint that I now have thrown across the room and made sure that it hit the canvas. So part of it, it it could be like a, a catch 22 with that. So, um, to have it as a creative outlet, I kind of disagree with that just a little bit because it depends on how much self-control that you have to. If you just like, okay, I have enough control to drink and then create. Okay. But yeah, bullshit somebody else. (laughs) Um, Exploring these historical and cultural perspectives sheds light on the diverse ways in which drinking alone has been understood and valued across different contexts. Okay. And so... We know that when it comes to just hearing that different cultures and different times were drinking during that time, right? It's almost like at this stage, how do we get rid of that judgmental tone that if you're drinking alone, you're an alcoholic? How do we get rid of that? And I think part of it is knowing the healthiness of how do you drink, right? How, how do you know when too much is too much? Because someone who has a problem with it don't know when too much is too much. They're just drinking to get themselves there and they have no regard for human life (laughs) at the end of it. So part of it is knowing like how much is too much for you and when do you stop? So having that personal reflection on drinking alone is just just knowing that it brings you joy right it's something that you do at the end of your day or at the beginning of your day if you like me on vacation it's from the the rooter to the tutor it's from the beginning to all the way to the end okay I'm not stopping if I'm on vacation but I also know that uh and then I don't I don't even have to have people to drink with me while I'm vacation. everybody can be sober I'm going to have one. Okay. But 
to know that, to have that, um, that thought process of that I'm in, I'm not judging myself for drinking alone, or I'm not having anyone else to judge me for drinking alone. I think that people can start saying it more. We should start saying more of us drinking by ourselves and what we enjoy by ourselves. So just for me, drinking alone is embracing that peace and quiet. Because like I said, I don't have a TV on, probably don't have a radio, and I might be singing to myself. It depends on how many drinks I've had. (laughs) I might belch out, you know, a Justin Bieber song. Who knows? Who knows at this point? But I will say that when it comes to me doing it on my own and you doing it on your own, finding out what it is that motivates you or what is it that it does for you at the end of the day, if you're doing it at the end of the day or if you're doing it at the beginning, who knows? What is it that that is doing for you? And I think that in my own self-reflection, I love the peace and quiet of it. And I just it also gives me an opportunity to kind of see what the liquor is doing to me. Right. It's almost like if I if I don't have any other stimulants around me, I'm now paying attention to how many drinks I'm having. I'm now paying attention to how I feel. Right. And it just gives me more of that. Like I'm just more in tuned with my body for that second. And that's the reason why I love drinking alone is because it allows me to actually have another place to go deep with myself. And that's with uh, with drinking by myself. So I'm always, as you guys have known, when we do the show, we always going to give like the positives and stuff. And then we also going to kind of give what the the negative things are, what the drawbacks are. Um, And so. Just to kind of refresh on the bright side of it, it it offers like a unique opportunity for the self-reflection and the relaxation. Right. Um, It allows us to unwind and recharge without the distractions of social interactions. It could be a moment of indulgence where we get to truly savor the flavors and aromas without any external influences. That's me. I am going to be sipping to taste at that point. Right. I just want to know mm, how come in the club? <laughs> How come in the club this, you know, this pineapple Malibu didn't taste like this? Now it tastes different, right? Because I don't have all the music booming. I don't have other people trying to talk to me or just random guys trying to dance with me. And now it's more of I'm just enjoying the drink. Oh, I didn't know that this, you know, now I can taste the coconut they say that they have in there. All of those type of things. So it really gives me that... um, that time to just kind of just really savor. Now, it's important to be mindful of the potential drawbacks. So drinking alone may increase the risk of excessive consumption or reliance on alcohol as a coping mechanism. This is where we talk about the unhealthiness of drinking. When we talked about in one of the episodes of, I think it was with Jeff and um, from Ballast Point, we talked about how Sometimes socially people need that lubricant, right? To kind of just like get in there. All right, I need to like do this business or I need to, you know, be able to come in here and talk to all these people. And then sometimes it could be to where they're using it because they have social anxiety. So then it becomes a coping mechanism. Is being alone at home because of loneliness, the coping mechanism of drinking, right? 
I'm here alone. I don't want to be alone with myself and my thoughts. Now I'm just going to pound them back until there's no more. That's where that's why self-reflection of this is so important of testing yourself to drink alone. Is it the the other like factors and environments that I'm in that cause me to drink alone? Or is it because I don't really want to be with myself? And that's something that here we go as a therapist, um, something to kind of just evaluate within yourself. Why am I drinking? Why do I have to have that drink every day? Or why do I have to have it? When I am instead of in a social, you know, light. Um, Additionally, without the presence of others, there may be a lack of social connection and the shared enjoyment that comes with communal drinking. So there it is again. If you are a social drinker, then, of course, drinking by yourself is going to be a downer. It's going to be boring. Maybe the aromas and, and savoring of the flavors don't happen like they do when you're with everyone else. It could be the opposite. For me, I can't taste that shit until I'm by myself, <laughs> until I'm by myself. When I am with others, I'm influenced by what they, they could say raspberry is in it and there's no raspberry in there. But for some reason, my brain don't go, mm. yep, it's a little bit of raspberry in there. So I like to try for myself, um, just kind of just having that moment. So thinking about that, um, So the moderation and self-awareness are key to ensuring that the benefits of solo drinking outweigh any potential drawbacks, allowing us to find a healthy balance between personal enjoyment and responsible consumption. Keep hearing me when I say responsible consumption. It's a reason why on a lot of these drinks, they say drink responsibly. Let me see if June Sean said it. If they didn't, we got to have a talk. But, But we always, it's a reason why they say that is because they know that they could potentially go left and whatever left is for you. Left for me is taking a long nap. Um, um, so now I, I want to talk about like what I, g- I gave you guys just a little glimpse into my life of what it looks like when I am drinking alone and like my drinking alone experience. So I kind of want to help in terms of how you can create your own like pleasant and solo drinking experience. So if you've never done it before and you don't have a problem, then I I would advise and encourage you to try it on your own because it really is awesome. And you will kind of understand that when you do start drinking, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I find (laughs) when now that I, I know how to enjoy the art of solo drinking and drinking on my by myself depends. I get annoyed with people who can't handle their liquor. It, I mean, it sends me through the roof very early at that point. I'm like, yep, it's time to wrap this thing up and go home so I can drink in peace and enjoy my own happiness. Right? So how do you create that own with like at home? So I would say choosing your favorite beverage. So you select a drink that you truly enjoy and find pleasure in, whether it's a glass of wine, a crafted cocktail or refreshing beer. Pick something that suits your taste preferences and enhances your drinking solo experience. Okay, set the mood. Now, for me, just like we have like these lights in here, I have these lights all over my house. And so I will set the mood if I'm feeling 
you know, sexy. It's probably going to be a red light going on. I'm drinking some wine or whatever. I'm usually the lighting and the beverage is going to go together because I'm extra like that. It's just not going to be to where if I'm just like drinking in hospital lights, it's not going to work for me. Okay. So I have to set the mood in some shape, form or fashion. So you could have that, uh, you know, that cool ambiance. You could dim the lights. You could light some candles. Sometimes soft music is good. Like if you're a person who likes jazz or like classical music or something, then you can have that kind of going in the background because that actually stimulates um, some some things in the brain. So it allows you to kind of really dive into like what those flavors are. You can kind of think about that when it has words attached to it. You kind of if, I don't know if you like me. I start singing and dancing and then, you know, mood is ruined. <laughs> so um, you could also set up a cozy uh, outdoor space. Uh, for where I live, we have a nice like outdoor fire pit and I usually just go out there and I just kind of just sit there and just drink and just kind of just stare into the fire a little bit with maybe like some smooth R&B uh, instrumentals going or some like some jazz. I don't know if you guys know about like um, like the piano version or like the cello or violin version of a lot of the hit songs that are out. I usually play that on YouTube and it'll just have like hours of music going. And so I just do that so that there's no really words, but I'm still kind of just enjoying the music. Um, so uh, pay attention to the details that make the environment relaxing and enjoyable for you. Another one, experiment with glassware. This is my absolute favorite. I remember when I took an etiquette class and they teach you like all of the the glasses, what type of glasses for different things. And um, just, you know, just the the silverware and the plateware and everything that you have in front of you. And I remember being so attracted to the glasses because I've always just kind of wanted to know, like, why do different glasses serve different purposes? And I think when you start drinking by yourself and do a little research because there's a lot of uh, research out there of different um, people who kind of talk about like different glassware and and what drinks go into it. Like there's a difference between a whiskey glass and, you know, a tequila and, and for vodka and like, you know, different wines even have their own like glasses. So just kind of experimenting with those. And I think it's a lot of fun, too, because you do kind of figure out like what the taste is. You can become your own in-home smolier if you want to. <laughs> um, treat yourself to some snacks. Now, this part, I would say um, I'm blessed in because I have a chef at home. And so with that, he creates me scooterie boards. Just serve them right on up. He see me pouring a glass and he'd be like, all right, got some cheese, some nuts, some fruits. We're just going to put it on a board for you. And there you go. A little meat. Or whatever. And I would, you know, snack a little bit depending on it because I, I try to try some things um, with uh, different wines too to kind of just pair them. Do, do I know what, what to pair or how to pair? Right. And so I usually would experiment with that on my own. And I think having this show also kind of put me to where I'm more daring with my experiments now than I used to be. Because I used to be like, mm, if it's red, some type of cheese. <laughs> didn't even didn't even look for what the correct. I was just like, mm, some cheese going to go with that. And so that's what I did. So I think 
you know, experimenting with yourself or getting those cheese and those chocolates and those fruits and everything will allow you to kind of figure out like what goes with it. So then when you do have a get together or a party, now you kind of know, you kind of know what, what goes together because you've had the time to kind of just reflect and, um, and eat it. Um, engage the senses. That's why I was talking about like, it's very important to just be by yourself and not to have a lot of stimuli like around you because you could use pretty much all of your senses when it comes to um, like tasting, right? You've heard, I don't know if you guys heard us on, um, it was our very first episode, I think, in season one where we talked to Ivan um, and he was talking about like the different ways of tasting, you know, the mouth feel, right? So that's touch and then you got to smell it and then you got to, you know, you're looking at it. Now, hearing it, I don't think that that's that important unless you just want to, you know, crack open a few and then that sounds crispy, but <laughs> or whatever. And so, you know, just bringing all of those senses into it and being able to engage yourself and try to guess without looking at the can bottle, you know, um, of, of what it's in there. And, and how it's made. And that would kind of help you in terms of like just deepening those senses. Um, and once again, just like I said that I do, and I, and I really, really love this point because we're so into our technology now that I think if you're drinking alone, this is a great time for you to disconnect and unplug. Just take a second and just go wherever it is that you need to go in your mind when you're drinking without having to, you know, check an email or um, see what everybody else is doing on social media. Who gives a shit at that point? Enjoy. Let this be your moment to just enjoy yourself and enjoy your drink and whatever snacks that you have. So kind of just disconnecting a little bit from the outside world. Um, I like to give myself a cutoff time. Especially if I'm drinking, I don't drink every night, but especially on the weekends, if I'm drinking at night on the weekends, it's a cutoff time. You think I'm in bed. I'm not. I'm up drinking. (laughs) I am up enjoying whatever tasty beverage that I have. Okay. I'm not asleep. And that don't mean start hitting me up. That don't mean start hitting me up. That's not what that means at all. That means that to you, I am night night. I'm asleep (laughs) because I'm enjoying Um, and then again, I can't stress this enough, reflect and enjoy, enjoy whatever it is. Um, if you, let's say you do have a drink that you drink all the time, right? This is a time for you to watch a movie or read a book. You know, it's not a lot of people do that now. They still, you know, we do a lot of audio books or whatever, but I love the pages, just in my hand. I'm just very old school when it comes to like books. Now I do listen to audio books, like on my, if I'm taking a long vacation or, you know, driving to Vegas or something like that, then that's, you know, I can't hold it. Cause that'd be weird and reckless <laughs> if I'm reading a book. Now don't get me wrong. I've seen somebody on the highway with a magazine and they weren't in a Tesla. It was in a minivan and it had to be like a, a, a minivan that was like in the early 2000s. So I doubt it if it had the technology to drive him where he needed to go. And he had a he had a magazine open. So, yeah. So in please 
And also take that as in don't be drinking and driving alone because that's wild and dangerous and you might need help. But just going back to enjoying yourself and reflecting, watching those movies, listening to the music. This is your time to listen to a whole entire album if you want to um, and just kind of just vibe out and drink um, by yourself. And you could do creative activities. That's the reason why they have paint and sip, right? To have those creative activities that you can do. But um, yeah, once once it goes from the shapes of people to paint splatter, that's not on purpose. It's time to stop. It's time to stop drinking. Um, and remember and remember and remember, please drink responsibly and just build up that self-awareness. Um, enjoy your drink in moderation and be mindful of your limits to ensure a safe and enjoyable solo drinking experience. OK. Um, <clears throat> another thing, let me go back just a little bit because I, I, I just realized as I was reading my next point that drinking alone when you are in a potential danger zone, okay, let's say that you have had some thoughts about something or, um, we have depression Loneliness, sadness. Um, be very careful if you're the type to drink during those times because we because we know that alcohol is a depressant. It doesn't do anything but just it don't just kind of just pull you down. It yanks you down into it, and so it could be to where it could become a very unhealthy situation for you if you are drinking um, when you are feeling in those times. And and knowing that's what a self awareness comes in, right? Can I drink? And it lifts me up. Or if I drink, it just drags me down more. Uh, for me, I'm I'm the drag down more. If I drink and I'm sad or depressed or um, feeling any type of loneliness or having any type of like emotional difficulties, it's going to drag me all the way down right on into it. And I'm going to look like a mad woman. In <laughs> so I am very self-aware that I need to only drink during happy times. And I do. And probably... 90% of the time I am always in happy times, even during sad times I'm in happy times because we kind of have to look at life sometimes as things are happening for us and not to us. And that's the way I do. I try to live every day. Like it's just, you know, I'm, I'm just living this human experience. Right. And, and part of it is trying to think of myself in terms of when I am having this hard time, is it going to last forever? OK, and so with that, it's always a quick now <laughs> and then we're going to have a drink and then I'm happy again. Right. So knowing that making sure that it's not a coping skill for you and to be doing this uh, when you're not in a state of high emotions or having emotional difficulties so that it don't turn to where either police got to come get you or <laughs> somebody got to put you to bed. OK. And if you are. In my home and you do that, I'm going to knock your ass out to put you to bed because we not. No, you're not going to ruin mine. You're not going to ruin mine. We're not doing that. So just kind of remembering that um, when you are drinking alone. Now. For this part, um, we usually do a drinking story, right? Because now I told you guys about like. The drinking alone experience. And so I have a drinking story I thought of today. And 
it's a reason why you don't drink alone and do this particular thing. So back when I was in uh, living in Japan in the Navy and we would go to this bar and it's called the hunch. It's basically like a, like a little uh, village sort of looking area. And it had like a string of bars and um, we would go and we would have a good time uh, every night. Yeah. Don't ask me who I was then. Just focus on who I am now. <laughs> we would go every night. And so this one night we went and one of my friends, uh, one of my best friends, uh, he would always order like these shots that were on fire. And I think it was fireball. I think he would light fireball on fire. And so the technique of doing this drink is you have to take it and you have to shoot it back because wherever the alcohol runs, the fire runs with it. So it was this one uh, girl that was on my ship. Uh, she decided that she was going to do it. And I knew that this ship was about to go south when she asked, how do I do this? <laughs> And I'm like, tonight's the night you want to learn? Ma'am, this is the perfect opportunity for you to drink alone and try to figure that shit out because you don't want to do that in front of all these people. And so she decided that she was going to learn right there, right then and there. So my friend, he didn't give a shit if you knew how to do it or not. He was just like, if you want one, I'm buying. So he bought everybody on that row one of those uh, fireball on fire shots. <clears throat> And so she had already been drinking a little bit, you could tell. And so I was trying to coach her in a in a very yelly type way because the music is going in there. And I was like, hey, when you take it, shoot it straight back. Just shoot it straight back and then shut your mouth. <laughs> and so for her, most people, they kind of blow theirs out. They'd be like, oh, it's cute. And then they blow it out. Yeah. Your mama must raise the bitch because that's the only way. That's the only way. I, I don't do it that way. We just take it straight up. Okay. And so for her, she wanted to take it straight up with everyone else. And so I remember her. She was like, okay, I got it. And so, you know, everybody was just kind of like, cheers. And then they slammed it on the table and she took it back and she stepped back. Now, because she had already been drinking, she missed her mouth. I don't know how many years at that, at that age. She was supposed to be able to put it in there, but she didn't do it that day. It ran down like the front of her face all the way to her chest. And guess what followed? The fire. <laughs> so everybody's like, my friend, like I said, he didn't give a shit. What was going on? He started dancing. He just went off and just started dancing. This girl is on fire at the bar, her whole chest and everything. And she's she doesn't know it yet because the, you know, the alcohol is kind of the the barrier between her and the fire. So she doesn't know it yet. And she like, oh, yeah, I did it. And I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> and then we started like patting like her face and her chest because now she's like on fire. OK, so this is the reason why you don't do that particular drink for the first time alone, because what if no one's there to put you out? <laughs> what if no one's there to put the fucking fire out? Right. So for her, um, she learned a very valuable lesson that day. In terms of first, if I'm going to do this drink, maybe don't do it when I've already been drinking. Secondly, if I'm going to do this drink, maybe I should kind of hear the instructions on how to do the drink. And then thirdly, remember where my mouth is, because <laughs> obviously a little bit 
of the alcohol did not go all the way in. And the next day, I just remember she was kind of blistered up. So, Roche, if you're out there, baby girl, I hope you got it by now. Because I would never, ever forget that. The girl who was on fire in the club. <laughs> who was on fire in the club. And not from, um, like, her weave or anything. It was literally just skin from taking a, from taking a, a shot that was on fire. So, Yeah. That was uh, an experience I would never forget. And please don't try that at home alone. Try it with an experienced um, bartender, if you will, that know what they're doing. But most people will want you to kind of blow it out. You got to be experienced to do what we did. Um, so in, uh, in me closing with this, um, I'm going to say that when it comes to you drinking alone, enjoy it. Like take that moment of reflection, take that moment to enjoy yourself, enjoy your environment, right? You probably never looked around your home the way you would if, if you didn't have any outer like stimulants that was happening um, during your experience of drinking, right? And just kind of see what it is. What are the things that come to play? Now, for me... What what I said in terms of like how I drink alone, and this is something that for people who want to kind of start out drinking and they don't really know, I have a few recommendations, right? So one recommendation is trying to get like a medium bodied wine, like red wine. So it could be like a Pinot Noir or it could be a crisp white wine, like a, um, like a, it could be, because I didn't put it down here. What's a crisp white um, a Sauvignon Blanc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good crisp white one. Um, you could have that one and then you could pair either one of those. In my experience, I paired it with Brie. Brie is probably my favorite cheese to pair wine with. Okay. I even put it with wines they don't even go with because there's just how much I love that cheese. Okay. Um, Gouda is another great one that goes with a medium bodied, uh, red wine. I really like doing that one, um, those two together. And then uh, just being able to, I like being able to taste those flavors between like the creamy, nutty, tangy, between both of those reds and those whites, and then having that tangy cheese that goes with it, right? Um, whoever introduced me to Brie, I thank them. If I ever have where I'm just like a multimillionaire, I'm probably going to give you some money because you pretty much put me on the map with that one. It's never not in the fridge. Um, and, and another thing, too, that I would recommend, and this is something that I do, is get creative and experimental with your own, like making your own just cocktails in that moment. So you can mix fresh flavors like a fresh fruit juice, some sparkling water, some herbs and a touch of sweetness. Um, you could play around with combinations like strawberry and basil. That's one that I just started doing and it is a phenomenal. Just crushing it up in there. You can't tell me I'm not a mixologist at my house. <laughs> you can't tell me that. Um, cucumber and mint. I love it because it's so refreshing. And then you add like some um, with that one. I usually would do like like a, either a rum or like a tequila with it. Uh, and then and pineapple and coconut, which is more of the safe 
kind of place to go because we already know that those like go together. Um, so doing that is is great. And then just pull out your really fancy glass, garnish that sucker, and then just enjoy. Enjoy the night. Okay. So I want to encourage you guys to just embracing that solo drinking and doing it without judgment. So if your mama say, why are you drinking by your by yourself or you're an alcoholic? Just hang up on her. Tell her mind of business I hang up on. Her. <laughs> maybe, maybe you can't do that with your mom, but I can. I can. Bye. You sound like you're trying to ruin my mood. So, um, next week, Paige is going to be back. So, uh, I hope that you guys enjoyed just having me here. Um, but she'll be back next week and we'll kind of just get back into our regular schedule program. And if you want to see more of, um, me and Paige, solo or together, please give us suggestions. We're also looking for some suggestions out here to be able to do uh, what we do and to keep giving you guys more of this uh, drinking content. So as we raise our glass and bid farewell to the spirited conversation, you see what I did there? Spirited. Um, Let us just give that, that celebration nod to drinking alone. And I encourage you guys to do it. Okay, so cheers. And until next time, this is one part of Odd Parenting. Thanks for listening and watching Odd Parenting. So please subscribe, like, rate, and comment with your favorite drinking stories and curiosities about adult beverages. Cheers. I'm going to happy hour. Keep driving.